When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. You're more in pitching podcast from pitchables.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is March 31st. Happy Friday, everybody. And yes, we are going to talk about baseball. What do you know? I wrote an SB Roundup last night. It's the first time all year. Expect one every single day, say for the All-Star break until the end of the season. Fun stuff. But what isn't fun stuff is Justin Verlander having a shoulder injury. Max Free getting... Uh, removed from his game with a hamstring injury as he covered first base, and Ryan Papillo having a, an oblique injury. That means that Michael Grove gets the opportunity. So what does this really mean for your fantasy teams? Well, Justin Berlander, it's a Terry strain that is, I think, similar to McKenzie's. I don't know how long it's going to be. Not fun. It does mean that Tyler McGill, yes, not, not, not Ty Lord, he hasn't earned it yet, gets the Marlins on Saturday. We'll talk about that. Um, quickly uh, later on in the podcast. Uh, Max Freed with a hamstring injury means that Dylan Dodd gets more passes than rotation. I don't know who's going to come up in the short term to replace that. It could be a four-man for a moment as Atlanta is not pitching today, so they could figure that one out later. But I actually, I don't believe that they can. I take that back because they need somebody at the end before. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm telling you right now, I don't know what they're going to do, but it doesn't mean that Schuster and Dodd are likely in it for a little bit longer as whatever they do is a stopgap in between for maybe two starts for Max Freed as he'll hit the IL is not going to be something that sticks around and pushes out Dylan Dodd, which is good news there. Um, as far as Ryan Pepeo goes, it means that Mike uh, Michael Grove gets that opportunity. I've heard some mixed reviews of Michael Grove saying that he's more of a reliever arm, his stuff isn't so great. I don't know. I kind of like him. I think he's been a sneaky uh, play for, say, DCs or best balls in the spring because I think he has a really good breaking ball and his fastball looks a lot better than I expected. So he will get the first crack at this um, as the SP5 for the Dodgers. And eventually, if he's still there and it's not very good and Papillo's hurt, you're going to see Gavin Stone and maybe even Bobby Miller uh, make some appearances sooner rather than later, probably in May or June. But Be on the radar for that because once Gavin Stone gets his opportunity, you are going to want to have him on your 12-teamers. Looking at yesterday's games, it was the first SP roundup. I led with Pablo Lopez as he increased the velocity, but when I looked deeper into it, it was even better than that. So he went 5.1 innings, 0 runs, 2 hits, 3 walks, 8 Ks across 85 pitches. Wonderful start here. 3 walks, whatever. It's fine. He's up in velocity. We saw that in the spring. He's up to 95 as opposed to 93-94 that we saw last season. However, he's also throwing a sweeper now. I've never seen Lopez with a sweeper. I've seen a cutter before. I've seen a curveball before, but not a sweeper. He featured 19 of them for eight whiffs. That's amazing. He threw two more than his changeup, which was at 17. You love to see this. I don't know how much it's sticking yet. I mean, this was the first game of it. It wasn't even in the spring that we saw Pablo Lopez do this. But man, this is such a good thing. You have increased velocity. You have a higher win chance now being on Minnesota versus Miami. And you have a sweeper, which is the last piece of the puzzle here 
for Lopez is he has been searching for that trusted number three with the pair of that changeup for ages. Maybe this is like the number two as he threw more of them. It's more of a plan against righties than lefties, but that means he would throw more of them than his changeup. It's just such a good situation. I'm really happy for him. Hopefully he can have 180 innings like he did last year. Other guys that went yesterday, I know there were some aces that went and excelled. You have like Shane McClanahan and Garrett Cole and Luis Castillo and Famer Valdez. Nothing to really report there. I mean, I'm, you know, you guys know this. Ace is going to ace. You have Marcus Stroman going six innings, earned runs, three hits, three walks, eight Ks. Really nice to see that 15 whiffs from him, 36% CSW. He went seven for 32 breaker whiffs, which isn't really something that I should rely on moving forward. But uh, he gets Cincinnati and Cincinnati, he gets Seattle and then Oakland. You probably want to hold on through all of it. You probably hold on to the Seattle one and see how that goes just for the Oakland one. Um, but otherwise, I mean, yeah, Framber Valdez did his normal things. It is kind of funny. He went five innings and six hits and zero walks, which is a 120 whip, which is essentially ex- the reason why I wasn't in on Framber Valdez, as the whip is still going to be a problem. Knowing that he didn't go full six, but it was 85 pitches, he was likely going to go six moving forward. Shane Bieber, six innings, zero run, six zero walks, and three Ks. He's at 90-92. The velocity is still down from last year, really leaning in on cutters and sliders. 28% fastballs, that's it in this one, which is, yeah, not surprising for Bieber with that lower velocity. Now, he only had three Ks in six innings, and he had a 24% strikeout rate last year, about a K per inning. Are we going to expect that to stick? I hope so. We saw an 11 strikeout game in spring training right before the start of the season for Shane Bieber, but... Yeah, this is something we should kind of get used to. He'll have those games that have 8, 10 strikeouts, and then he might have starts that he's under a caper inning. Uh, that might be the MO of Shane Bieber. However, overall, the ratios should still be very good. So we're all cool with Shane Bieber. Shohei Otani went. It was just 93 pitches. I say it wasn't just 93 pitches. He's unleashed. This is wonderful to see. Six innings, zero runs, two hits, three walks, 10 Ks. He's still going 48% sweepers. It's everything you want to see. I just hope that he can last 160 plus innings as we saw last year again. Dylan Cease, zero walks, 10 strikeouts. He was so good. This was the best version of Cease I've seen. Fantastic locations on his curveball and fastball. And of course, the slider was as amazing as we know. This is not the Cease I expected to see, especially this early. I really, really hope this is it. Like, I I can believe in this moving forward. Um, I know I have not been the biggest Cease fan over the past two years because I just haven't seen that consistency, and I hope that he's doing it now. Uh, Kyle Muller went for the Oakland Athletics, five innings, one and run, four hits, one walk, and three Ks. It was just an 18% CSW and five whiffs. I've spoken uh, lovely words about Kyle Muller in the past. 2021, when he came up for Atlanta, I was I was really enthused by the breaking balls. Not so much here. He did a really good job of going upstairs and then down with the four-seamer and really avoiding the middle um, YM lock, right? Middle vertical. But the breaking balls weren't very good. And I I hope the breaking balls get better and the fastballs are this good. But I feel like it's going to be the fastballs get worse before the breaking balls get better. I'm not chasing this for Kyle Muller, but hey, I'm happy that he had this um, and I'll be watching moving forward. We talked about Max Fried, very disappointing. Um, Zach Greinke, the twin against the Twins, 5.1 innings, two and in runs, six hits, one walk, four Ks. Yeah, this is Zach Greinke. Herman Marquez did his normal things. I'm glad that he did well, but we're not going to chase this. Julio Urias went against uh, Zach Gallen, and for Urias, six innings, two and in runs, four hits, zero walk, six Ks. 
kind of the story for him. He only went 79 pitches too, which is really nice. He was able to go full six at only 79 pitches. He'll likely be up to about 90 or so moving forward. Velocity is 92-93 as opposed to the 94 that I want, but his curveball is so good. He threw 25 out of 31 for strikes and only one hit allowed on it. That is amazing to see. It's just how good Urias is, um, despite me not liking him as a human. Uh, Zach Gallen, 4.2 innings, 500 runs, 6 hits, 3 walks, and 7 strikeouts against the Dodgers. Obviously not ideal. It was the Dodgers. Good to see 7 strikeouts from him. He got 13 whiffs. Um... He's not he's not exactly the guy we want him to be. His velocity is a little bit down. His four-seamer cutter are too hittable right now inside the zone. The curveball was good. Uh, he gets the Padres next, which is really unfortunate. But then he gets the Brewers and the Marlins. I mean, I think we just kind of tough this one out, and you keep starting Gallon. Patrick Corbin, nope, not going to do that. Uh, Max Scherzer, six innings, three runs, four hits, two walks, six Ks. Good to see he allowed a two-run shot to Garrett Cooper. All good there. Sandy Alcantara did not have his good command. Four walks, only two Ks, and 5.2 innings, three runs, three hits. Um, he almost had that quality start, and he just could not get that final out. He only went 15 for 28 fastball strikes, which is essentially a 54-55% rate, and that's not what you want. Uh, that should be 65% for Sandy Alcantara. So uh, that will get fixed. No worries whatsoever here for Alcantara. It happens time to time. Eduardo Rodriguez was PL Bot's stream pick of the day. And 5.1 innings, 300 runs, 3 hits, 2 walks, 5 Ks. I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much a streaming victory for it. I know one more earned run than you want, but a one whip, actually sub one whip, and 5 strikeouts. Yeah, good job. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez was 92-93, which is good. It wasn't 91 in change. I think he's going to be one of those, like, sitting in the 50s, but Toby with a slightly better strikeout rate than the others. Um, you're not going to love him, but he's going to be productive, I think, overall for the season in your 12-teamers. Uh, Blake Snell, 4.1 innings, 3 and runs, 6 sets, 1 walk, 9 Ks, 20 whiffs because his four-seamer was in the zone a ton, and it was so good. I was really, really frustrated watching him bounce so many dang sliders and curveballs to the point that he had to throw more changeups than we want him to because he had to have a number two pitch, and it wasn't those breakers. Very, very frustrating there. Um, so I hope that he can get back to, uh, you know, the, the same dominance with those breaking balls, but to see the fastball in the zone as much as it was is a very, very good sign. Um, and I feel very good about Blake Snell right now. Hunter Green, 3.1 innings, 300 runs, five hits, three walks, eight Ks. The reason that he didn't last as long as you want here is because the slider just could not find the zone. 50% strike rate, which is just not it. That should be like a 65% strike rate. It's supposed to be much better than that. So don't worry too much here. He averaged 100. He did not hit 105. It was a 102 mile per hour pitch. The broadcast had it wrong. Um, but uh, he's a really good cherry bomb. He's going to have these and then explode for like a couple starts. And that's that. Uh, Logan Webb surprises all with 12 strikeouts with a 41% CSW against the Yankees. I don't know if that's going to stick. He had a ton of called strikes. The sinker got a ton of horizontal movement. That might stick around. Changeup was really nice. The slider's okay. Had some really good ones, but it's not the big whiff slider. I uh, yeah, this was cool. I don't expect him to have a 41% CSW and 12Ks moving forward. But yeah, probably not a 20 to 21% strikeout rate. They're probably closer to 24%. That's really nice. I uh, I wonder who's going to have more strikeouts this year, Logan Webb or Shane Bieber? That's a fun, fun conversation. Uh, it's going to be Bieber likely because he's going to survive for the full year, but we'll see. Corbin Burns. Don't worry. 
Five innings, four and runs, four hits, three walks, three Ks. Don't just really just don't we'll worry. Velocity was fine. Spin was actually slightly up. Um, everything's fine. Kyle Gibson has a sweeper and it wasn't enough. I'm not following that. Just like maybe for a stream in like two weeks. But yeah, that's against the athletics. That's about it. Uh, Mitch Keller went against the Reds and he just doesn't do enough with consistency. Like he has these moments that he's really good and then it's just not great the next at bat. So eight Ks here, which is cool. I think there's just too much risk to chase Mitch Keller right now. Aaron Nola went against Jacob DeGrom and they both were bad and I can't believe it. And we just got to be like, well, that's baseball, Susan, and move on. Uh, Miles Michaelis, 3.1 innings, 5 runs, 10 hits, 0 walks, and 6 Ks. He's Miles Michaelis. Everything is fine. Like, uh, he went against the Jays. We know this. Um, he's fine as a streamer. I don't want him for my 12-teamers. But, I, but yeah, Miles Michaelis is not going to be someone you start against the Jays. He's not going to be someone you go against Atlanta. So, you don't need to have him on your fantasy teams, but he's fine as far as Miles Michaelis is. And just start him against mediocre teams. And worse, he's a Toby. Um, Alec Manoa, 3.1 innings, 5 and runs, 9 hits, 2 walks, and 3 Ks. He His velocity was back to normal. Uh, I think he got a little bit singled out here. He did make some mistakes with a slider um, over the plate, and that burned him a bit. Um, but I really don't think that Manoa is broken. I think a lot of people are going to see the spring training kind of uh, velocity down, but he actually did perform well in that. And then you have the start, and they're going to freak out. I would be trading for Alec Manoa if someone's terrified right now. And then you have Corey Kluber, and yeah, that wasn't a good stream. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I mean, it was a questionable start here. I didn't really want to chase it anyway, but still I was hoping for better. From Corey Kluber um, against the Orioles, 500 runs and 3.1 innings. Yeah, you don't really want to go after it. I mean, it's the Pirates next. Eh, it's okay. Um, all right, looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, we're going to go through all of those uh, picks tomorrow. Uh, sorry, today on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday as well. And we're going to do all of that after this break. Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow, and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com to sign up for your trial today. Looking at today's games, Robbie Ray uh, against Cleveland. Christian Javier against the White Sox are the two auto start tiers. I mean, options in the tier. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I'm going to probably start Jesus Lazardo, Lance Lynn, Dustin May, David Peterson, and Nick Martinez in their starts. I know Lazardo gets the Mets, Lance Lynn against the Astros. I'm still starting both of those guys. David Peterson is the stream pick of the day against the Marlins. I'm a fan of that. Uh, Nick Martinez gets the Rockies as well. He would be the stream um, if it weren't for David Peterson, and I'm a fan of that one as well. Rocky Road, Nick Martinez has looked good this spring. Uh, there is no questionable start here, and that's because I don't mess up my rankings just to satisfy having someone inside of that tier. 
The Do Not Start tier has Merrill Kelly against the Dodgers, Cal Freeland against the Padres in San Diego, but still, and Hunter Gaddis against the Mariners. I'm curious what we get from Hunter Gaddis, uh, but it's just too risky for me to chase. Looking forward to Saturday's games. Spencer Strider, Brandon Woodruff, Zach Wheeler, Kevin Gosman, Clayton Kershaw, Nick Lodolo, Logan Gilbert, Patrick Sandoval, Sonny Gray, and Chris Sale are all auto starts for me. Chris Sale against the Orioles is the most contentious one there, I think. But I think that Chris Sale has done well enough in the spring. You know, he did get a little bit rocked before. But this is the start for Chris Sale to have a fun one. If you want to put him in the probably start team, be safe by all means. But I think that Chris Sale is ready to go here. Now, Sonny Gray gets the Royals. That's why he's in here. And same with Patrick Sandoval against the Athletics. In the probable start tier, Nathan Evaldi gets the Phillies. He's at 96 miles per hour. And the Phillies are without Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper. Uh, should be, a, a, I don't know, a solid start for Nathan Uvalde. That should be fine. Um, he's not going to be, have like the same ceiling, I think, as the other guys in the auto start. Zach Eflin, same kind of thing against the Tigers. He should be good. It's a cheap win, probably. He is my stream pick of the day as he's only 18% rostered currently, according to Fantasy Pros. Uh, Lucas Giolito gets the Astros. I am in on that one. I'm going to do it. Uh, I know it's the Astros. I know a lot of people are scared. I think Lucas Giolito is pitching better than he was last year um, at the moment, and I'm excited to watch some Lucas Giolito. Um, Clark Schmidt gets the Giants. He's actually not streamable, technically, to me, as he's rostering about 26 to 28% of, of leagues. He has a new sweeper uh, that he's throwing 40% of the time, and I'm really excited to see how that plays out against the Giants. And then Jose Arquiti is fine. Um, against the White Sox. It's not ideal, but I think if you have Jose Urquidy, you're going to be starting him um, as he pitches for the Astros. Alex Cobb and Tyler McGill are the toughest ones here at the start of the questionable start tier. As Alex Cobb goes into the Yankee Stadium, Yankees are not that premier of an offense as we've seen in the past, but they did look good against Cobb yesterday, say for 12 strikeouts. and uh, Sorry, against Webb yesterday. And... Alex Cobb has a new slider. I'm really curious to see that. I will mention he might be limited in his pitch count as he was stalled a bit with a comebacker to the knee. Um, in uh, He took an arrow to the knee midway through March. So I am put him in questionable start tier. You might want to play this one safe. Tyler McGill gets Miami, but he might not be fully stretched out. He's not having the same velocity we saw last year at this time. So I'm not totally in on McGill. But it is an intriguing start against the Marlins. Uh, Justin Steele gets the Brewers, but I don't know how good the fastball is. Shintaro Fujinami gets the Angels. And that's a cherry bomb as he's likely going to walk a lot of guys as he's done all spring. Michael Waka, I don't know where the command is, even though he gets Rocky Road. Uh, Eric Cabrera is exciting. Is he going to be consistent enough with all of his pitches, especially against the Mets? Spencer Turnbull, Aaron Savali, and Dean Kramer are a little bit lower inside of this tier. Um, as Turnbull is exciting, but it's the Rays, and I don't really know if he's going to be his best self out of the gate. Aaron Savali could go five, six innings, a decent baseball. Same with Dean Kramer against the Red Sox. And in the do not start tier, there's Jack Flaherty against the Blue Jays. I'm terrified of this one, as Jack Flaherty has not looked good in the spring, and the Jays are such a good offense. Josiah Gray gets the Atlanta Braves. Josiah Gray has a new cutter, and I'm so intrigued by it, but he gets Atlanta, and I just don't want to do that. Um, and then there's Jordan Lyles against the Twins, Rich Hill against the Reds inside of Cincinnati, uh, a great American ballpark, I should say, Jose Reina against the Padres, and Madison Bumgarner against the Dodgers. Those are all very clear. Do not start. But all right, that is it for today. Just kidding. We are going to go over the potential starts for Sunday. This is what we do on Fridays. We look at the weekend to help you guys out. 
uh, and and plan what you should be doing and just giving a loose idea for Sunday because I am not going to be doing this podcast over the weekend. All right. So we have Cole Orvin against the Red Sox. That is going to be a do not start. Maybe you can make an argument that's like Dean Kramer. So actually, I'll probably put him at the bottom of a questionable start. I do not want to start Tanner Houck. He's not looked good. And Baltimore's kind of scaring me a little bit. I think that Tanner Houck's going to get demolished by the Orioles. So as a do not start, Johnny Brito is going for the Yankees against the Giants. Very sneaky one, but I don't think he's going to be stretched out enough. Or at least the Yankees will be conservative with him, I think, in this game. So I don't know how long he's going to go, and let alone is it productive for your fantasy team. So I'm going to say it's do not. Jeffrey Springs gets the Tigers. That is an auto start. Chris Bassett against the Cardinals is an auto start. Maybe a probable. The Cardinals are a solid offense. It's one of the two. Mike Clemager gets the Astros. Absolutely not. Cal Quantrill gets the Mariners. That's the bottom of questionable. He's a Toby. Joey Wentz gets the Rays. Do not start, but I'm a little intrigued. Brad Keller against the Twins. That is a do not start. Joe Ryan against the Royals is an auto start. Luis Garcia gets the White Sox. That is a probable start. Teller Anderson against the Athletics is a probable start. Yeah, you can just stream anyone against the Athletics, right? And it's, yeah, yeah, Teller Anderson, go ahead. Kim Waldachuk on the other side is a do not start. I think he has too many, too much potential for negative and the ceiling is too low um, right now. I mean, it's possible he has like his best performance, but I don't think you want to chase that. That's against the Angels. Marco Gonzalez against the Guardians. I guess bottom of questionable. He's a Toby. Martin Perez against the Phillies. Do not start. I don't think Martin Perez is looking that good right now. Jared Schuster against the Nationals is a probable start. I'm really excited about that one. Uh, Trevor Rogers against the Mets is a questionable start. Kodai Senga against the Marlins is an auto start. Bailey Falter against the Rangers is a do not start. Mackenzie Gore against Atlanta is a do not start. Jameson Tyone against the Brewers is a probable start. Graham Ashcraft against the Pirates is a probable start. Eric Lauer against the Cubs is a questionable start. Yeah. I'm going to go with questionable start there. Vince Velasquez against the Reds, do not start. Uh, Jordan Montgomery against the Jays is a questionable start. Uh, the Jays are so terrifying. I like Jordan Montgomery, but not really against the Jays. Zach Davies is a do not start against the Dodgers. Austin Gomber is a do not start against the Padres. Noah Syndergaard against the Diamondbacks is a questionable. He's a Toby. Seth Lugo against the Rockies is a probable... End of probable start of questionable. I got to make up my mind there. I'm going to say questionable. I'm going to put questionable. I like Nim Martinez more than Seth Lugo. And Ross Stripling against the Yankees is a questionable like like Alex Cobb. But all right, guys. Good luck this weekend. Baseball is back. Have a wonderful Friday. But that is it for today. Thank you all so much for getting PL Pro, PL Plus, all that kind of stuff. If you're curious, hey, what is this PL bot? That is our DFS and fantasy projections that we do every single day, only for PL Pro members. Go sign up on the site, pitchless.com slash premium to go check out those subscription options. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babas be low and your strikeouts high.